Girlfriends, episode number 39, Five Ways to Stop Worrying. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom, and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. So what are we waiting for? Let's get started. Hey, girlfriends. Welcome to another episode of the Girlfriends Podcast. I am so glad you are here today. It means a lot that you show up week after week, and I really love recording the podcast every week. It's something I look forward to, something I have to make time for, as I am right now. I'm in between pickups of um, my big kids who are on the cross-country team, between a little bit of extra math help for Stephen, and then I've got to drive them over to where they're practicing today. So just trying to fit this in, sitting in the car, watching all of the high school goings on at the end of the day here, and it all, it's all the same, you guys. High school hasn't changed since we were in it. (laughs) They're all different kids, and all the looks and everything just reminds me so much of my high school years and some of it's pretty awful and some of it's pretty hilarious and um, anyway great place for people watching if you want to watch high school let out someday (laughs) or junior high there's some of those here too but anyway um, so my biggest news this week that I'm dying to share with you is we have a new baby dog who is Mr. Potts. He's a Welsh Terrier. Um, he actually mostly belongs to my daughter, Catery, who's um, 21. And she was dying for a dog of her own. And we decided to go halves on this dog. I mean, if you have ever bought a purebred dog before, you know it's a lot of money. And so we decided we would pay for half. And he's really a family dog, but Catery can really claim him for her very own. But everybody's been pitching in to help out with him around the house. He's adorable, you guys. I have never had a little dog before. When we first got a German short hair pointer years ago, I had never had any dog of any kind. And so I didn't know what to make of it. And I asked my husband, oh, is it a small dog? And he's like, sure. Because to him, a German short hair pointer is a small dog. Well, they weigh 60 pounds, so that is not a small dog. And um, so that first one that we had uh, died last summer, and we have a new German short hair pointer, Apollo, that I've shared with you about before. In fact, last week I told you about how he drags me through the woods. I love that breed of dog, and I love Apollo, but they're so big. And I've always thought, I'd like to have a little dog. Maybe not a purse dog, but a little dog. And so we got a terrier, a Welsh terrier, our first experience with a terrier. If you have a terrier, I'd love to hear your stories. Uh, and especially, I'm worried about him barking. He's he's only just beginning to bark. He's got this little yip-yip bark. But he doesn't do it a lot. But I've been reading about terriers who are barking problem, and that is something that would drive me up a wall. So I'm hoping he won't do that. But so far, he's adorable. He's tiny. He's only going to get up to be about 20 pounds, I guess. And uh, right now, he's probably like I think he's eight pounds. He might be eight pounds. And he's just so sweet. He's 12 weeks old. We picked him up at the airport. He got shipped here from Kansas, which is amazing to me. This woman breeds these dogs and then just ships them all over the country. So his siblings are all over the place. But he came to us and it was so exciting. And uh, we really enjoyed a crazy weekend with him. And you know, the whole drill. It's so funny. I joke about the fact that I plan to get a new puppy for every one of my kids that goes away to college. And I thought it was a joke, but um, so far I'm doing that. (laughs) So I'm probably going to be a crazy dog lady by the time they all move out. Anyway, we're enjoying Mr. Potts. His name is Mr. Jeffrey Potts with a G. He's very formal. If you know what a Welsh Terrier looks like, they, you know, um, right now he hasn't been groomed for his breed yet because he's so tiny. He doesn't have his grown-up dog fur. But when he does, um, you kind of shave their fur so that it emphasizes the fact that they have a beard and they have eyebrows. And they're very, very sophisticated looking dogs. And (laughs) They're just adorable to me. So uh, we thought Mr. Jeffrey Potts was a good name. We call him Mr. Potts. The little boys think Mr. Potts is a terrible name, so they call him Jeffrey. We'll see. Probably he'll answer to both of those names. Anyway, that's the exciting news around our house this weekend. Also exciting is the fact that it was 39 degrees this morning, and I'm not prepared for that. (laughs) I like the fall weather. I like to be able to go outside with a sweatshirt on and feel good, but this morning... Early when I was driving some of my big kids to school and it was 39, actually I think it was 37 when we left the house, 39 by the time I got back, 
Uh, no, that's too cold. Too cold for now. <laughs> it's not even October yet, but uh, that's where we are. So we're bundling up and the days are pretty warm, though. We've got some beautiful sunshine and um, some of that beautiful, perfect fall weather for New England. We've been enjoying that. So let me know what it's like near you. My son, Ambrose, who's at school in Florida, said it's 80 degrees. And I know some friends in Texas who are still going through heat wave after heat wave and are pretty sick of it. So um, let me know what the weather's like where you are. Some places might even be colder than here if you're way up north. Tell me about what's going on in your world. So anyway, this week we're going to talk about worrying. Are you a worrier? I am not. I'm really not a worrier. At least I haven't been traditionally throughout my life. It's not been my MO to worry about things. In fact, I'm kind of clueless a lot of the time. And when bad things happen, I'm somewhat blindsided by them sometimes. Like, what? Something bad happened? What? Whereas my husband, and this is probably why I've been able to afford the luxury of being a non-worrier all these years, is a major worrier. He worries about every little thing. He thinks about everything that could possibly go wrong and in great detail and anticipates it and prepares for it. And, you know, even if there's absolutely nothing he can do to control it, he just, he worries about things. And so I think in our marriage, we kind of balance each other out in that way. For years, he's been frustrated with my kind of cluelessness about all the bad things that can happen in the world. And I've been frustrated by what I call his negativity, but he's just trying to be prepared. Anyway, we kind of balance each other out. And I think maybe that's why I've traditionally not been much of a worrier. It hasn't been a problem for me. But I have noticed in recent years, I've become a little bit more of a worrier in a way that feels foreign to me. And every time it happens, I'm like, oh, this is this is what Dan does. Or um, this is what, you know, my friend so-and-so does who's always worried. These, you know, I always think it's funny. I'm always surprised by like um, when a friend, for example, would be would text me and say, oh, I've got this I've got this weird looking mole. It's probably cancer. And, you know, she means it. She's really worried that she has cancer. Um, like some people's minds go right to the fr- you know, first thing to the worst case scenario. I don't tend to do that. But I, like I said, I have been noticing in recent years, and I think it's just a matter of having life experience and having things go badly sometimes. You start to feel a little bit vulnerable in a way that I did not previously. Anyway, I'll have these moments of worry that are kind of a foreign feeling to me where I'll be like, just humming along and I'll notice some little thing that in the past wouldn't have bothered me, whether it's an ache or a pain or one of my kids complains about something bothering them about their health or, um, you know, a, one of my a growing up children takes off with the car for the evening. All of a sudden I'll think, what if, what if she's in a terrible car accident? Um, what if she's driving with her friends and they're all killed? Like just boom, right in my head, you know, and that sort of thing never used to happen to me. Or like, I'll think, oh my gosh, what, what if this is uh, a deadly disease? Or, uh, you know, I'll be walking somewhere in public and think, what if somebody were to like attack me or attack one of my kids right now? And I never used to have those feelings. And it doesn't mean it's it's reasonable for me to be having those feelings, but I really do think it's a consequence of the fact that I've had a little bit of life experience now. Some, you know, unexpectedly bad things have happened. And so now I feel like some things are in the realm of possibility that I previously would have rejected and wouldn't have spent any time worrying about. But that doesn't mean worrying is a good thing. So it's something that's been on my mind. You know, um, I can lie awake at night. If you ever wake up in the middle of the night and... Um, Many of us, as we're going through the later stages of life here, the changes that happen, our hormonal levels, sometimes will mess with our sleep. It's like nature's great joke on all of us women. Like right around the age where you're finally, you know, not having little preschoolers waking you up all night to go to the bathroom or to get them drinks of water then your own hormones become your worst enemies and wake you up in the middle of the night and uh, cause you stress and anxiety. So anyway, I've been going through some of that. I haven't hit any hot flashes yet. I'm really looking forward to those. I've heard great things about them. But I really do feel like it's it's sort of a hormonal thing. Well, sometimes I will just wake up in the middle of the night and that's the worst time for sitting there worrying. You know, it's so easy to worry when you're lying alone in the middle of the night and you know It's so easy to think dark, negative thoughts and insane things, things that are entirely unreasonable. You can think in the middle of the night in those situations. So those are times when I'll find myself worrying, sometimes worrying about health, sometimes stressing about finances or my children's future or, you know, any number of things, work-related stuff. Um, But the end of the day or at the end of the night, there's nothing accomplished by that worrying. 
So I, I wanted to talk a little bit about some some ways I've been thinking about to kind of combat anxiety in our everyday lives. All of us battle it in some way, shape, or form. Some of us have worse cases of it than others. If you think that anxiety is something that is crippling your life, if you know feelings of anxiousness and helplessness and hopelessness are crippling to you in your everyday life, then that's something you should talk to a doctor about because that can be caused by a hormonal imbalance and that can be treated chemically. Uh, it can be a physical situation that can be resolved with a physical solution. So if, if I'm, I'm talking about everyday kinds of worries and anxieties, I'm, I'm not talking about the kind that you should um, talk about your doctor with if it's, if it's crippling your life. So the kinds of things that just kind of get in our way or make us unhappy. Um, so the first one I want to mention is caffeine. I know. I love caffeine. It's so delicious. I love caffeine in the morning. I can drink it at night and I don't think it really affects my sleep. I love caffeine. I love coffee. I love Diet Coke. I used to drink Red Bull. I gave that up. Now, if I'm going to be driving at the end of a long work day or something like that, I will drink a five-hour energy and I think it it's a really great tool. It's a useful thing for me. So I do appreciate and love caffeine, but... I have noticed that it can contribute to feelings of anxiety. Like, have you ever found yourself just like feeling nervous or anxious or jittery in, a, in an emotional way even and not knowing why? If so, you might want to think about how much caffeine you've taken in that day. I know I've done this where I'm just like, why do I feel so nervous? Why am I feeling like I could jump at the sound of anything right now? And that's a horrible feeling. You kind of just feel like butterflies in your stomach almost and just anxious, just generally anxious. And there's no real reason for it. Well, there have been many times where I've realized, you know what, I, I had an extra cup of coffee today, or I haven't really been paying much attention to how much caffeine I've been taking in. And I've probably been taking in a lot. So um, caffeine is one of those things that affects people differently. Some people can't handle any of it. And, um, but those of us who do uh, use caffeine in various ways throughout our days, I'm not saying don't do it because goodness knows, I'm not going to give up my caffeine. But I am going to say, pay attention to how it affects your moods. Pay attention to how it affects how you feel throughout your day. It might not be worth it. Or maybe cutting back would be something that will help your emotional health and keep you from feeling anxious and nervous all the time. Okay, so the next way that I want to talk about to stop your worrying, or at least control your worrying and confine it to a set amount of time and space inside of your day, is I, I don't know who to credit with this. I know I read it somewhere, maybe multiple places, um, to go ahead and let yourself worry. Like, you can worry. Tell yourself you're allowed to worry if you find yourself worrying. Um, but with this strategy, you set a timer. If you find yourself repeatedly worrying about something, set a timer for five minutes. And let yourself sit there for five minutes and worry about the thing, whatever it is. Think about all the terrible things that could happen. Think about worst case scenarios. Go ahead. Let yourself worry it up. But then the key is when the timer goes off, you're not allowed to keep worrying. You're supposed to get it all out of your system in those five minutes. Now, I cannot say that I've tried this myself uh, just because worrying hasn't been such an issue for me, but it's something I might try maybe in one of those middle of the night spats or something to control my brain because, you know, this is actually a very empowering thought and it seems like a no-brainer maybe, but it's actually very empowering to realize you can control your thoughts. You can control whether you're going to sit there and worry. And yeah, I know our minds wander Ideas pop in, thoughts pop in, fears pop in, anxieties pop in, but you control whether or not you entertain those thoughts and whether or not you entertain those fears and anxieties and worries. You control what you're going to think about, what you're going to focus your energy, your mental energy on. And so I think this way could be a really great way to recognize uh, first of all, just to give yourself that permission, you know, sometimes we get anxious about the fact that we're feeling anxious about something. We worry because we're worrying too much and all that. So this kind of gives you that release. It kind of gives you permission to worry in a set amount of time, a finite amount of time. And when it's done, try to look at it and say, wow, um, okay, so I just spent five full minutes worrying about whatever, whether or not my, my nephew has cancer. And think to yourself next, what did that accomplish? What good thing did that do for my nephew to have me worrying, actively worrying about him for five minutes? Nothing. I mean, whether your nephew has cancer or not, you've accomplished nothing for him. You know what I'm saying? So 
this this is kind of a nice way to give yourself that release, give yourself permission to worry because maybe you're feeling like you can't control it anyway, and then move on from there and realize that your worrying actually is accomplishing very little. Don't let yourself go outside that five minutes. The third method for stopping yourself from worrying is one that I do a lot, and it's not just to stop from worrying, but it's to focus on gratitude. This is something you hear all the time, and yet it's an exercise I think we need a reminder to practice that it doesn't come naturally to everybody to be grateful. Um, I think the more you practice actively being grateful for things, looking for things to be grateful for, switching negative thoughts into positive ones by looking for things to be grateful for, looking for gratitude the more it becomes a habit and the easier it becomes to see things to be grateful for, even inside a very messy, very unhappy situation sometimes. So, you know, maybe you think your whole world is falling apart or you're pretty sure it's going to fall apart. You're anxious about it falling apart any minute. You can shift your focus away from those negative thoughts and those fears by focusing instead on what you're grateful for inside of that moment, maybe even related to the thing that you're worried about. If you're, you're worried about, you know, your your health, if you're worried about your finances, be grateful for the things you have. The, you know, if you own a car or own your home and you're, you're worried about finances, focus on that. Or focus on the good relationships you have with people inside of your family. Focus on, you know, even just tiny things that you have food in your house to make dinner, that your family has clothing to wear. You know, depending on how desperate you are in this situation, you can focus on the most basic things because every one of us has so much to be grateful for, especially those of us living in the United States. Even if you're living below the poverty line, you're still living far above so many people in this world. And we have so much to be grateful for, even just politically speaking, even, um, you know, with regard to our personal freedoms and um, our ability to practice our religion freely. So there's always something positive to focus on, something to be grateful for. And the more you practice switching your thoughts from negative fears and negative anxieties and worrying about the future and things you ultimately can't control anyway, focus instead on things that you're grateful for. One thing that I think is a really helpful practice, and I do make myself do this as regularly as I can, is when I'm worried about something bad happening, I will remember something in the past that was bad that happened, maybe similar to what um, I'm currently worried about. And then I'll think about good things that came from that. Because God can always bring good, even out of the most negative situations. And whether it was that you were close with a family member, that um, you felt taken care of by somebody, that other people reached out to you, that you, you learned more about your own strength, whatever it is, look for something that you can be grateful for with regard to even a past bad negative situation. And that can shift your, your focus too from the fears and the anxieties about what might happen to what good things can come from even bad things that happen. All right, the next one I want to talk about is exercise that, um, you know, along with the caffeine thing, sometimes there's a physical reason for our anxiety. Sometimes there's a physical reason, a health reason for why we're feeling anxious. You know, our, our feelings and our moods are, are tied with our, our physical selves. And it's important to remember that if you're not getting regular exercise on a regular basis, your, that pent up energy has to go somewhere and maybe it's going to find its way into your mind in, in the form of negative thoughts and things to worry about. Um, I, you know, thoughts and ideas to be anxious about, about your future, about people that you care about. So first and foremost, it's important to be getting regular exercise, but here's something that I find is really helpful too, is even though I do exercise regularly, if I'm feeling anxious, I will look for a way to exercise in that moment, whether it's, you know, run up and down the stairs six times or get outside for a run or go for a walk or um, if you like to ride a bike or whatever it is that you do, like look for a way to release your nervous energy with regard to worrying in a physical way. It really does help. It, it We're built for that. We're built for that kind of physical release. And when you're worried and when you're tense, you know, your, your body reacts and you tense up. You might be tensing up your shoulders or uh, furrowing your brow or um, clenching your fists or clenching your jaw. Do you ever find yourself clenching your jaw and you didn't realize you were? It's a terrible thing. I know I have done it. And those are times when I'm stressed, sure, but also when I'm anxious or when I'm worried about something, I'll find that I'm responding in that physical way. And a physical release of energy through exercise is a great way to relieve that situation, to, you know, let, let off some of that nervous energy in a way that's very positive and helpful. 
All right. The last one I'm going to mention, now this should have come first, but I decided to keep it for last, is, you know what I'm going to say, right? Pray. Yeah, pray. Duh. I know. I saved this for last because I really want to emphasize it. Because, you know, if if you read the Bible, how many times does Jesus tell us that he knows us completely, how completely he knows us? How many times does he tell us how much he loves us? How awesomely and epically and explicitly did he show us, demonstrate for us how much he loves us and that he gives everything for us and wants the very best for us? How many times did he tell us not to fear, not to worry, to trust him? And we're still not listening, right? We're not listening. And we t- we get worried, we get anxious about things when I find when you feel like you're responsible for everything and you need to be in control of everything and that you know ultimately every everything that happens is on our shoulders and and or that you're alone in it that whatever the future holds you're going to be alone you know facing a, a difficult situation a crisis a loss an illness or um you know whatever it is so i think it's important even if you're not feeling it and I certainly have done this in times when I'm feeling worried or anxious about something in particular. You can say a Divine Mercy Chaplet. That's very soothing. I think one of the greatest gifts our church gives us are these rote prayers. Because sometimes you're not there. You're not there mentally, emotionally, and spiritually to come up with the words yourself. And so having rote prayers to say, and even ones like the rosary or inside of a chaplet where you're repeating them, repeating them, repeating them, is very soothing. It's something that I think is a very natural way to communicate, especially when we're in need, is that kind of repetition, that kind of repeated petition, that kind of calling out for help. And so prayer is a beautiful way that you can do that. And it doesn't have to be fancy. I mean, I mentioned a chaplet because the Divine Mercy Chaplet is a a beautiful way to remind ourselves how much Jesus loves us and remind us to place our trust in him. But it can be as simple as repeating, Jesus, I trust in you. And there's no prayer he wants to hear more than that from you. A heartfelt prayer of trust in him, even in the midst of something that's very difficult for you, even in the midst of you struggling with not worrying, when you're feeling that temptation to worry and to just dive into all that doubt and worry and anxiety and fear about your future, just saying those words, repeating those words as often as you need to repeat them, Jesus, I trust in you. Sacred heart of Jesus, I place my trust in you. It's as simple as that. And it's very soothing to you, but at the same time, it helps you to to remember that we're connected. We're connected to a Savior who loves us so deeply, cares for every one of us in a unique and individual way, and He wants nothing but the very best for us. We can't control the outcome, but we know that the end of this story is a good one. We know that Jesus died for us, and that at the end of the day, what that means is that evil loses and good wins. So we all need to keep that in mind, that the the big story, the big picture here is a good one. And we know that the good guys win. We know that God triumphs in the end. So that's all we need to know. And I know how hard it is. Trust me. I know how hard it can be, especially when you're worried about something, especially if your worry is founded. You know, sometimes we're worried about things that are going to happen. And sometimes we can see that they're going to happen. And we're very worried about what that's going to mean. But even in the midst of that, knowing that the ultimate outcome is a good one and trusting God to bring good even out of very bad situations is so important. And it's so healing to us. It's so reassuring to us. It fills us with hope for our future. And it, it takes away that hurt that comes, that loneliness and that desperation, that desperate, lonely feeling that comes from when we indulge ourselves in worry and forget that God cares about us so very much. Okay, so those are my tips, but I'm sure you have some tips that you can share about worry. Do you struggle with anxiety? Do you struggle with worry about yourself or about people that you care about or even about the world? Sometimes I feel like the weight of the world when I'm watching the news or I'll hear about one small story of a child that's suffering, you know, in some far corner of the world that I'm, I can't help that child in that moment. And then I'll, I'll let my mind go to, all the children who are suffering or all the people who are suffering in hidden ways throughout the world. And I just feel, oh my gosh, the burden of that pain. And so we all need some help. We all need encouragement to remind one another of the goodness of God 
and how very much he loves every one of us and how much he doesn't want us to worry. So those are my tips that I wanted to share with you today. Just to review, first of all, think about your caffeine intake. Sometimes that's as simple as switching out your morning cup of coffee. Time you're worrying, allow yourself to worry, but limit the amount of time that you spend doing it in a very focused and deliberate way. Uh, Focus on gratitude rather than worrying. Fourth, exercise. Find a way to get a physical release of your negative emotions. And then finally, pray. Remember to pray even when you don't feel the words, say the words, repeat the words, and um, God won't fail to answer your prayer and give you greater peace inside of your worrying. So if you have some other thoughts to share on anxiety, on worrying, on ways that you've managed to conquer worrying, or ways that you struggle with worrying, I'd love to hear from you. You can email me at danielle at daniellebean.com. You can leave me a voicemail. You can connect with me on Voxer. I would love to share your ideas in a future podcast. Hey, girlfriends, who are we talking to this week? It's time for an interview. I can't believe it's taken me this long to get a religious sister on the Girlfriends podcast because, of course, our sisters in habits are our real life sisters and there are real life girlfriends as well and I am so happy to have sister Anne Flanagan joining on the show today I am so thrilled to finally offer the voice of a religious sister here on girlfriends take a listen everyone. It's a great day here at Girlfriends because we have a sister on the show. I am thrilled to be welcoming our first sister. Sister Anne Flanagan is joining us today and I'm so excited. Sister Anne Flanagan, who's at NunBlogger on Twitter, is a native of New Orleans and has been a daughter of St. Paul for 40 years. She was a member of the Central Committee for the Great Jubilee of the year 2000 at the Vatican and currently works in the digital division of her community's publishing house. Sister Anne has also recorded over two dozen albums with the Daughters of St. Paul Recording Choir. She is the author of Five Keys to Understanding Pope Francis and Come to Jesus, a kid's book for Eucharistic adoration, both from Pauline Books and Media. Hi, Sister Anne. Welcome to Girlfriends. I am so happy that you're here. Thanks, Danielle. I'm delighted to be your first nun. Yes, it's a thrill. I always say we, you know, we have all different women on this show, and I like to have different voices, women from all walks of life. So it's about darn time we had a sister on here. And oh, yeah. and I've just loved following you on Twitter for years now, at NunBlogger, for people who aren't familiar, you can check it out. It is so fun for me. I think this is such a unique time in, in our church, and with the Daughters of St. Paul being a, a media-focused uh, uh, order, it's really thrilling to watch the ways in which the religious people living out religious vocations can communicate with people in everyday ways. I think it's a really beautiful thing for us to witness. And I think these, these new forms of media are also giving you know, like young people a new way of discerning a vocation. We've, we're finding now that the young women who approach us in discernment, what they do is they follow a bunch of us on Twitter or Facebook or Snapchat or Instagram. Wow. You know, we all have our specialties. And, and they sort of watch us. They watch us interact mm-hmm. like for a year before they make their first move. Wow. So that gives and, them kind of a, a real look at what your life is like. They, and, they, and they see our relationships and they get to almost see our life from the inside through social media. Wow. And I think for many of them that, that gives them that first sense of, yeah, I, I, I connect with this. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I'm getting their charism and I'm feeling it in myself and I think I want to pursue this. So uh, it's it's an amazing gift that the Lord has given us in right. you know really challenging times too. For sure. It's never been more challenging I think, but at the yeah. same time we have these amazing tools to be working in the opposite direction. Um, so, and, and your Twitter account certainly does accomplish that for me, even though I'm a happily married woman, I love seeing what the life of a sister is like. I love seeing everything that you're doing. And in the same ways that I enjoy seeing, you know, people that are living lives in other countries and, you know, things that it's really inspiring to me to see the universality of the church in that way. Right. And, and I know my uh, Twitter feed, I started when Twitter was still in beta. Um, and I began doing haikus on the gospel readings of the mass oh my gosh and for some people that was their scripture for the day my oh. haiku oh my goodness and I, that's when i realized wow this really is evangelization 
You know, if, if people are saying, this is my, my scripture for the day, it's coming from non-bloggers haiku. Right. Oh, boy, I better really, you know, practice <laughs> with prayer. <laughs> and and do you find that that is um, something that you, you tend to do? Because for me, I, I it's, it's the temptation is to see social media as a distraction from my work. But how do you balance that? Like seeing that, you know, social media is part of your work. It's, it's at the heart, maybe, of the way that you're reaching people in meaningful ways. It's still very challenging because, you know, it's the, the I think the nature of the beast is mm-hmm. it's very personal. It's very individualistic and it can tend to make us like focus on ourselves. Right. And, uh, and so there's, there's always that temptation, but our founder said, as long as you're doing your mission and you're doing it with right intention, mm-hmm. you, you won't be in trouble. Right. Because, you know, from the very first we were founded to work with media and, and the church officials were kind of looking at this going, I don't think so. This is kind of weird for consecrated people to be doing. Mm-hmm. But, and, you know, but then the founder explained, no, they're doing through communication, through technology, what the priest does at the pulpit. Right. And, and it took a, that that was, you know, 60 years before Vatican II. So it took a while. <laughs> Long before Twitter. <laughs> yeah. It, it took a while for the, for the, uh, officialdom to recognize it but that's how the holy spirit works wow very inspiring and i love that charism so thank you for your yes to your vocation it's inspiring lots of people over the globe thank the lord for for raising up blessed james albarioni at the the dawn of the very moment of the 20th century as it's opening the holy spirit was was giving this young man uh, a sense of direction Mm -hmm. of what the church was going to really need it's almost like God knew what was coming. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> almost. Wow. Gosh, that, that, that's something. Huh? Really? That's amazing. I love that. Okay, well, I want to be sure, sister, that we get to the regular questions that we ask everybody here on Girlfriends, because I, I ask the same questions because I'm always inspired and encouraged by the different answers that women give, the different perspectives we all have, and I think there's so much that we can learn from that, our different perspectives, even on the very same topics. So our first question for you, sister, is can you tell us about a time when you first ever really felt like you triumphed? All right, now we're going way back. Okay. I mean, way back. Oh, like ki- kindergarten? Are we going back to kindergarten? Uh, we're around kindergarten. Okay, yeah. great. And and Captain Kangaroo was teaching us how to tie our shoes. Nice. <laughs> and my mom thought that would be a great opportunity for me to learn how to tie my shoes. And we got a box and a big pink ribbon. Now, honest, to this day, I cannot tie a ribbon. <laughs> I kept trying, you know, to do this with the rabbit ears and the yep. rabbit ear. And it just fell apart. It fell apart. I don't know how many times I tried that. And finally, mom just said, oh, well, you know, maybe not today. And she left. Oh. And I looked at her walking away. Cause now, at this point, I had two little sisters. So right. she, she had plenty to take care of. And she probably went off to feed the baby or something. And I just looked at her walking out the room and I went, oh, yeah. <laughs> and I tried it again. And it did not work. And I tried it again. And it worked. Nice. And of course, I screamed like. I I look at that. It's like, wow, where did that little kid get that sense of, you know, I'm facing a challenge. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to face it. And, right. And I'm, you know, not going to let mom's leaving the room, you know, to go take care of Jane or whoever it was at the time. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to make it all depend on on mom being there. I'm going to do this. Right. And and I, I mean. Thanks be to God, that second bow actually held. Because if it hadn't, I don't know if I would have been able to, to you know, su- support that kind of uh, right ongoing failure. Mm-hmm. The Lord granted that the second time I actually did it, and it gave me a, a really, I think, a sense of uh, being able to take a risk. Yeah. I love that. And I I love the way that your story goes back that far, because it shows that God is working in our lives from the very beginnings, kind of shaping us and forming us for the work that he has planned for us. And I think he was building up a certain strength and confidence and tenacity in you. That's really. I I have not that many memories of my very early childhood, Mm -hmm. but, but that's so that was such an important I think, pillar event in my life. Right. Yeah. It really did give me a sense of self. Yeah. And that's, that's fascinating to me because I think we all do have those, you know, memories that stand out in our childhood. And I think that's absolutely what it is and why those stand out because 
it's where you're beginning to understand who you are and who God made you to be, whether you use that language to describe it or not, but just like, oh, I can do this, or I do have this strength. And I will do it. I will do it. (laughs) I will get that stupid shoe tied. So, wow, that is great. I love that. And I love that you did it, pursued it on your own. It wasn't your mom prompting you. She was giving you the out. You could do it another day. And Mm -hmm. yeah, that's a great story. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, it's it's fun that your question brought it back to mind. <laughs> Revisiting childhood triumphs, it's the best. All right, sister, let's move on to the mistakes now. This is always a little juicier, but people always have plenty of material here. Oh, um, <laughs> can you tell us about a mistake you once made and what did you learn from that mistake? Well, uh, years ago, I was editor of our children's magazine, uh, My Friend Magazine. Oh, I used to get it. Yeah. Oh, isn't that? I used to pray that people, the, the kids who would be reading it, would become Catholic media professionals. So this is good. Oh, well, let me wait. Let me make you pause right there because I need to tell you, sister, that your prayers were answered. You know what? I my very first published thing ever was in my friend magazine. I wrote a little poem, and they published it, and they sent me a prize, which was like a little package of books, and it really made an impression on me. Like, I'm a published writer. I can do this. <laughs> oh, isn't that beautiful? So your prayers, your prayers worked. <laughs> anyway, well, please go on. When you were editor, yeah, anyway, of- <laughs> I made I made I made lots of mistakes as editor, but mm-hmm. one that really I think I learned from was uh, I had in mind that we needed a poster for it was some I don't know if it was some special year you know one of those years like the marrying year or mm-hmm. some anniversary year that the church was celebrating. I said we got to get a poster for this. And I created some some text for it, and I explained the idea to the sister who'd be doing the graphic design, who was a novice. Oh boy! And very talented young woman. Mm-hmm. And so she she did a couple of layouts and and things, and I was like, man, they just don't work. They don't work. And she did an, another one, and and she gave me a color proof of it. And I said, well, it's really you know, it's 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 not what I was looking for. Mm-hmm. And that. Evening, I got a phone call from one of the elderly sisters who was working in graphic design. She was uh, giving giving like two years uh, assignment to in the United States from Italy, and she was one of our top designers, mm-hmm. very wise wise woman. And she called me and said, "Sister Anne, that's a good design. It may not be what you had in mind, but it's a good design. And Sister has worked very hard on it, and you should you should accept it." Mm-hmm. And it's like. I, I relied on that sister's judgment. And it's like, okay. But it just it just enlightened me about, no, you cannot, just because you're the editor, you can't make other people the executors of your vision. Right. You have to let other artists bring their vision in. Mm-hmm. And you have to make room for their vision. You know, right. It was, a, it was very important for me to learn that, mm-hmm. uh, to respect the gifts that other people are bringing, even if you're in charge. Right, right, and and to to that part of being an editor is recognizing the gifts that other people are offering for the good of this project. Mm-hmm. And part of this is I'm a very task oriented person, right, and and I can lose track of the people. And God keeps saying, "No, you know what? People are what I'm looking at." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and He's like, "I'd like you to share my vision." <laughs> Nothing trumps the importance of the person. Right. So, wow. That was very important for me. Yeah. And I can relate to that myself, you know, being an editor and a publisher myself, that that is a tricky thing to learn to do because I think our natural inclination, especially people who, um, you know, are, are creative in any kind of way, is they have that vision and they don't want to part from it. <laughs> and it's a good vision. It's a good vision. It's a good idea. And, you know, but part of being a good leader is exactly what that, that older sister was um, encouraging you to do, which is accepting the gifts of others, accepting the different perspectives that others bring to a project, because, you know, it, it not, not that you're accepting shoddy work or, you know, oh. something that's contrary to, you know, your goals, but in the end, you're just richer for that. And the, the end product is, is richer for that and more meaningful to a, a larger number of people, I think, the more perspectives you bring into the process. Yeah, so that, that was, and then years later, the Lord put me in a position where I was underneath someone mm-hmm. who was not willing to accept 
the vision I was bringing to a project. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I really, you know, I reflected at that moment. I was like, okay, now I know what it's like from the other side. <laughs> you know? And actually the person who was over me in this situation uh, was, was not uh, involving Pauline Books and Media. It was an outside uh, operation that I was involved in. And the person really was quite ignorant. <laughs> Humbling, isn't it? <laughs> that this person who really didn't know what they were doing, um, that they were, a, you know, in a position to reject my my input, my work. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like, okay, Jesus, um, yeah. <laughs> well, that's where you truly learn the value of the virtue of obedience, right? I mean, where it's not about the end product at all. It's about well, you saying... Sometimes it's about the process. Yes, exactly. And about your obedience and your submission in that humbling situation of, okay, I'm not the boss here. And this this is going to turn out a way that I don't think is right. And... Not my call, you know? So, yeah, very humbling. I think we can all relate to experiences like that. What St. Teresa of Calcutta said, that God doesn't call us to be successful. He calls us to be faithful, you know? Oh, yeah. Because God can do the stuff. Yeah. He can make sure that the the goal is met. Mm Mm-hmm. Important reminder. Yeah, exactly. He can make it all come out perfect if he wants to. (laughs) But that's not our job to be in control of that. Exactly. Such a helpful reminder. And I love that you quoted um, the new St. Teresa of Calcutta because those are words I think every every woman in particular can relate to because there is that temptation to be, you know, think about the success. Think about things in terms of success as opposed to faithfulness. Yeah. And and. Kind of losing track that God's in charge of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It just looks not, what, not what's in my hands, not what I can see, not what I can evaluate or measure. Right. Right. It looks a little messy from down here sometimes, but <laughs> he's painting something glorious and we can't see it. Trust that. Yeah. Exactly. Our founder used to say that we should be as docile as a, as the paintbrush in the hand of the artist or the, the dust rag dust rag in the hand of a housewife i love that that the lord can do with us what he has in mind right that is so beautiful and actually that's um parallels another quote i remembered reading once from saint Teresa of calcutta where she says i'm a tiny pencil in in the hand of god with which he writes what he pleases so important to remember that it's very humbling sometimes and we but that's why we need the reminder Great, <laughs> great thoughts, sister. Okay, let's, we have time for one more before we do your, your lightning round here. Can you share with us, what's the best advice you ever received? Who gave it to you and how do you try to use it? All right, I think the best advice I ever received was, was not an advice given to me personally. It was in a retreat conference. And the priest who was preaching had suffered an enormous injustice in his kind of professional clerical life. Mm-hmm. And he had remade his life with, with, under this injustice. And so I knew this going in. And he's preaching to us what a mistake it is to, to look at the things that happen to us and only try to analyze them horizontally, looking for you know, like, who did what and why. He said, that is so superficial. He said, God is in charge of everything that happens and in anything that touches your life you don't look at the human element so much as you look at god Mm -hmm. god is involved in this and that god's plan will be implemented even even if this was not god's will Mm -hmm. god will make everything work out for the good so don't lose time trying to analyze who what why uh, on the human level like spend time looking for God. And that has been so helpful to me because it can be, again, I'm a task oriented person. I'm very analytical. Mm -hmm. And so when things happen, things take me by surprise or they go wrong, you know, in my estimation or somebody does something that I find offensive or uh, unjust, Mm -hmm. I tend to just analyze to the max. Right. And so this was very helpful to me. It's like, he said how superficial that is. Mm-hmm. You know, and he just like dismissed it with this disgusting, you know, <laughs> and it was all in Italian. I was, I was in Italy at the time. Oh my gosh. And so he's saying, so the Italians, when they want to express disgust. Oh yeah. They, they know how to do it. <laughs> they ever communicate. And so that really impressed me. He just like 
it was just the most pitiful, ridiculous oh. waste of human intellect to, to go into this analytical mode about something that happens and lose track of God. Wow. And, and I think that's been, you know, not that I do it yet. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a good reminder to try. <laughs> good reminder. And, and you know, it's, it's a great call, you know, recall to, to the ultimate truth about life. Absolutely. I, I love that advice. And, and it's so grounding, I think, in a way that every one of us needs to hear that there always is that temptation, especially when things go wrong or things aren't, aren't just. That- we don't need help. No, enjoying things. No, no, that's not when we have our issues. But you know, when something's unjust, there's that temptation to obsess about it. And, uh, you know, it's so hard to let go of those details. And the, the temptation is to just go over them and over them. And this wasn't right. And that wasn't fair. And, and this is what happened before. And this is what led right? to it. This, yes. You know, I'm really good at this. <laughs> Call me up sometime when you're doing it, because I'm good at it, too. Oh, we can... <laughs> We'll spiral downward together. No, exactly. we will remember this great advice to look for God and, and look for God's perspective. Believe in divine providence. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Great, great, inspiring advice. So thank you for sharing that, sister. Now we've got just enough time to fit in your lightning round, our very first lightning round with a nun on Girlfriends. Woohoo! This is going to be exciting. Okay. <laughs> All right. So this is where we just spend one minute, 60 seconds, asking some fast, fun questions where maybe we can just learn a little bit more about you, sister. Are you ready? Okay. All right. So here we go, sister Ann Flanagan's lightning round on the Girlfriends podcast. Okay, sister, what is your least favorite thing about Twitter? Yeah, I really like Twitter. <laughs> okay, least favorite about Facebook? Oh, golly. The, they keep on t- sending you back to the, the posts they think are important instead oh. of chronological most recent posts. So annoying. Totally agree. Oh. Okay. What is something people might be surprised to find out about nuns? That we have a lot of fun. <laughs> Very true. That, I know. We're normal people. Absolutely. Um, wow. I don't know what people would be surprised to learn. I think that. Just being normal. Because I think they put you on, they make you into statues. Like, okay. you know? Yeah. All right. Yeah. What is something we'll always find in your purse or bag? A pen. You're a writer. All right. And years from now, Saint Sister and Flanagan will be the patron saint of what? Oh. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Pressure's on. Um, Cantors. Nice. Okay, good. Yeah, we didn't even get to talk about your singing. But that's it. 60 seconds. We found out all the dirty details about Sister Anne Flanagan. (laughs) They weren't that dirty. They weren't. But yes, so yeah, you'd be the patron saint of Cantors. I, I love that. And um, I hadn't yet checked out that, that music that is listed in your bio. So I'm definitely going to be doing that. And we'll put a link to that in the show notes oh, yeah, as we well. Have a, we have a Spotify you do, Oh, I'm doing that. I'm a Spotify girl. So yeah. Okay. I'm going to check that out for sure. Today on my run, I'll be listening to you. Enjoy. Nice. Thank you. Well, thank you so much, sister. This has been a delight having you on. I'm thrilled to have gotten to know you a little bit better. But before we have to say goodbye, is there something you're working on right now that you're excited about? What projects do you have cooking up? Oh, well, I, I'm working on a Theology of the Body class that we filmed in Chicago three years ago. We're going to put that on Vimeo, so I'm working on that. Wow, um, nice. Working on some Advent stuff for our community newsletter. Uh-huh. In October, we're going to be doing a video stream of Novena to Our Lady Untire of Knots, and I'm the tech person for that. Okay. And I, I, I do love, I still love a challenge, as, as when I was a little kid. <laughs> pink ribbon. So now technology is my pink ribbon. And uh, so I'm trying to figure out, you know, how, how do we do this? What do I need to, what are the settings? Uh, that's kind of what I'm working wow. on. Wow. I love it. And I love everything you're doing. And I, I love the joy with which you say yes to God every day. It's so apparent in everything that you share online. And e- even in your voices, you're talking about your vocation. I just, I find it so inspiring and encouraging. So thank you for that, sister. And thank you for taking Thanks, the Daniel. time. God bless you.
isn't Sister Anne the best? Isn't she great? I just love her. And I, I love, I just have this special love for all of my nuns, my sister nuns who are tweeting and on Facebook and Snapchat and Instagram, the way in which um, the Daughters of St. Paul in particular embrace all forms of media is really just so inspiring. And it's so encouraging to me with all the garbage that's out there on those media to see these beautiful voices, these beautiful women doing great work in the church. So um, I'm going to link up all of sister's stuff, but she's at nunblogger on Twitter. That's a great place to get started getting to know her if you don't already. Um, but I'll have all the links to, to her different projects and um, her different pages online in the show notes for this week's episode at daniellebean.com. Hi, Danielle. My name is Jessica, and I just love your podcast. I listen every week, and I really um, enjoy the show. I'm even one of your Patreon supporters, so you're doing such a great thing here. I wanted to respond to your podcast about prayer. A friend has recently introduced me to something that I just love that I had to share with you. It's called Pray As You Go, and it's a little podcast that's about 10 to 15 minutes. It's put out every day, and it's kind of a reflection on the daily readings. You can find them on Facebook. They have a website you can find on the podcast section of your phone. It's called Pray As You Go. And it starts with some meditative music. They read the daily reading and offer some reflection questions, just things to get you thinking. And I just really enjoy it. I used to try to read the daily readings and reflect on them on my own and found that my mind would wander and I would get distracted. And this is just really something that I can connect to for 10 or 15 minutes. And I really enjoy it. When my four-year-old goes down for his rest time in the afternoon, that's my time to take a few minutes to pray and reflect. So I hope this will be of some use to some of your other listeners. Have a great day. Thank you so much for that, Jessica. Not only the feedback, but for your support through Patreon. I really appreciate that boost of confidence that you give me that you are enjoying the show and that you want to see it continue. So pray as you go. I've linked to it in the show notes at daniellebean.com. So you can check that out. Anybody who wants to try that prayer app and try that way of praying. I love any piece of technology like that, that helps us. Like you mentioned, Jessica, that we can be distracted so easily. Your mind wanders when you're just got a prayer book in front of you. But having these little bits and these little helps and these little encouragers toward doing the right thing and actually making daily prayer a part of your everyday life is so enormously helpful. So everybody check out that app and let me know how you do with it. Pray as you go. And it's linked up in the show notes at daniellebean.com. Hey, Danielle, this is Tracy, your Twitter friend, and I just listened to your chores episode um, and Christine Johnson's interview. It was great. I loved it. And I just wanted to say, yes, keep those kids doing chores. Uh, We've always did that when ours were young. And uh, we recently went away uh, for a couple weeks and our kids are all teenagers and young adults now. And we left our oldest home for two weeks while we were in New Hampshire And we came back and the kid forgot how to clean. So we have remedied that situation and refreshed everybody's mind and now have the boys back on a regular schedule of cleaning their own bathrooms, even though it's much faster if I do it. But it's a life skill. It's one they're all going to use. And um, it was a good eye-opener, a reminder of why it was important that we taught those that chores so long ago. So um, yeah, mamas of littles, keep it up. It pays off. We just needed a little refresher and it's saving me a lot of time. So uh, God bless. Have a great day. Thank you so much for that feedback, Tracy. And first of all, an apology because that got somehow bumped down in my my queue in SpeakPipe, my account, and I didn't see your voice feedback, so I didn't share it before now. It looks like you left that um, a, a few weeks ago. Anyway, great feedback whenever we get it, because really important reminder about the value of teaching kids chores and that it pays off in the long term. You know, we, like you, were away um, when Dan and I went to France this summer. We had big kids that were running the household, and you know, when we came home, of course, everything's not perfect, but most was in order. You know, there were some places that all of a sudden I realized, oh, wow, nobody's done this in a very long time. <laughs> but for the most part, I, I felt I felt glad that they did have those basic life skills. Um, and, you know, it, it's it's just 
it's an important thing. It's a gift we give our kids, you know, um, especially our young men. I think it's important to give them those. It's a gift you're giving to their future spouse. Not that they're necessarily going to be like perfect, you know, housekeepers or house husbands or whatever, but just knowing how to do some basic things is so important. Um, and something that's even, maybe they're not even going to get married or maybe they're going to live as a bachelor for a while. And um, same with our daughters. It's an important skill that we give them to learn the basics of running a household, cleaning a bathroom, running a load of laundry, cooking a basic meal. Um, And, you know, so it's a great reminder, Tracy, that it's so important to begin that early on, even though it's a pain in the neck sometimes. And you're not always going to be perfect about enforcing it. But to keep in mind the long-term value of investing time and energy in these skills when kids are young and making it a natural part of how they're contributing members of a household, so very valuable to the family as a whole. Hey, Danielle, this is Sarah Reinhardt, and I cannot resist leaving voice message after that. He says, she says episode. I'm halfway through and just listened to everything you had to say about communications between men and women, husbands and wives. And I just laughed because I have to be honest with you. In some regards, I related with the he said side of it and not the she said side of it. But I, I see both sides of it. And it made me think that I think knowing more about yourself and being self-aware like of personality types and that sort of thing might be a helpful exercise if communication is something you struggle with in your marriage. Um, Then again, I haven't been married nearly as long as you have. And anyway, it was simply a delightful episode. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with all of us. God bless. Thank you, Sarah, for knowing my love language and using that Voxer app to connect with me. Um, but I really appreciate your feedback, especially on that communication episode of He Shed, He Shed, He Said, She Said, um, from a few weeks back where we were talking about communication between the sexes because it's a really important part of marriage is that communication that we're hearing about all the time. And I think it's a really important point to make that, you know, we can talk about these stereotypes and sometimes they're hilarious, um, but they don't all apply perfectly to every one of us. You can't put somebody inside of a box. So what's really most important to your personal relationships and communication, not just you, Sarah, all of us, <laughs> each of us as an individual, is your own personality type and your your spouse's personality type and how those two mesh together. And so really what I hope people will take from that particular episode is the importance of thinking about these things. How do I prefer to communicate? The things that we kind of maybe take for granted, like I talk this way, this is how I communicate. Of course, everybody does. But to recognize and observe um, the w- different ways in which we do tend to communicate and find out what your husband's preferences are and how he interprets things. So really, the more we talk about these things, the more we can begin to understand one another and make it through those rough patches in communication inside of marriage that we all do suffer from from time to time. But I I think it's really helpful uh, to keep a sense of humor about it and um, recognize that differences aren't the end of the world. In fact, they're they're fascinating and they're it, it's beautiful to recognize the differences in all of our personality types, male or female, people of all different ages and all different walks of life have different preferences and um, different personalities with regard to communication. So such a very important point, Sarah. And Sarah has more feedback, uh, but I'm going to save it for next week because we're coming up on an hour here and I'm going to want feedback next week. Anyway, if you want to make my day, Go on the Voxer app, click through on the show notes at daniellebean.com. You can connect with me on Voxer. Super easy to leave me a voicemail, leave me some feedback about today's topic. For example, talk to me about worrying in your life, the ways in which you control anxiety and stress inside of your life. Um, or you can connect with me on SpeakPipe, um, like some of the other ladies this week did. You can go to daniellebean.com and it's super easy. You don't need special equipment or anything. You just click that little tab that says leave voicemail and it'll connect you to SpeakPipe where you you can leave up to 90 seconds of a message for me that I can play on a future podcast. It will make my day. I tell you, voice feedback is my love language. I love having your actual voice to share with listeners here. But if you're shy, I will accept your social media messages. I will accept your email at danielle at daniellebean.com. I would just love to hear from you and make sure your perspective is represented here at Girlfriends. And I want to give a shout out. Thank you to those of you who support the Girlfriends podcast on Patreon. If you want to find out how you can support this podcast and make sure that I am encouraged to continue to produce it week after week and provide it for free to everybody who would like to listen, you can go to patreon.com slash girlfriends, P-A-T-R-E 
N.com forward slash girlfriends. You can get all the information for as little as a pledge of a dollar per episode. You can not have to max out your budget. You can set a limit for how much you'll spend each month. It's so encouraging to me and so supportive. And it really, you know, when it comes to making the time for this podcast, I think of those people who are encouraging me through, through voicemail, through email, through social media, through Patreon, that they're willing to support me and encourage me. So I think I don't want to let these people down. So if you enjoy the podcast and want to see it continue, you want to encourage me to continue to produce it each week, you can check out patreon.com forward slash girlfriends. At different levels of giving, you can qualify for different bonuses, different benefits, some fun stuff there, some Google Hangouts and stuff like that, or copies of my book. Um, so anyway, that URL is patreon.com forward slash girlfriends. Check it out. And we're out of time for another week, but I want to thank you for being here. I am so, so grateful for your presence here in all the different ways in which you encourage and support this podcast and connect with me and one another through it. It means the world to me that you show up here week after week and share some of your precious time with me. So until next time, I hope you'll enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a Danielle Bean production. Know your worth. Find your joy.